Um, we are now joined in studio by another live guest um, to have a chat. Um, I think it will be fascinating for our listeners here. Um, there is a treasure trove, no doubt, I think, of, 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 of stuff here maybe to discuss. Um, it goes back to, I suppose, last summer. Um, we're in the middle of our decade of centenary celebrations, but last summer, I suppose, the most significant one was um, the commemoration of 100 years of Belna Blaw in August 1922. I was just at home kind of following on Twitter um, what was going on there. And next thing, in the middle of it all, in following, I suppose, a clear politician on his way back from Belna Blaw, um, I saw um, where somebody was over in Nula's with a bust of Michael Collins having a pint at the end of August 2022. I said, what's this? And um, had a look at it more closely. And it was our next guest, Olin Martin, um, who talked about his grandfather, um, who created this piece. And his grandfather happens to be one of the most significant sculptors in Ireland, or has been, and that would be Seamus Murphy, the famous Cork sculptor. And again, we can go back another generation to his great-grandfather with Joseph Higgins. Um, we can go to his, 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 his mother uh, and his uncle and himself. I just think there's <laughs> I'm almost, there's so much stuff here. We, we, how we're going to get at it, Geraldine? Is well, we're going to start with Olin himself, if, if nobody minds. That's the place to start. Yes. That is the place to start. Now, so I'm going go. to ask Olin why you are in Tomb Graney, number one. I'm a knitter. I'm a knitwear technician designer. And I studied in Leicester Polytechnic back in the 80s. My mother is a knitwear designer. And she'd been knitting for since the 60s. She was part of the Irish trade board that went to... LA in the 60s to sell Aaron Knitwear and doubled up as the first PRO of the Cork Film Festival. You see, you're afraid to mention anything with Olin because everybody you mention is somebody of great importance. If you go back, like your grandmother, your grand great-grandmother, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your uncles on either side, you know, you have... Oh, a fantastic lineage, and I don't know where to go from here because it's just all so fascinating. Well, but why did you settle on knitwear design? Um, I was well. I studied it because my mother wanted me to right. put it that way. Good, good reason. Yes, yeah. you didn't say no to her. No. <laughs> good. Yeah. So I went off to college. I was only sixteen. Just no, just turned seventeen, and I kind of forgot to do my finals and went surfing in Devon instead. As you do. As you do. Yeah. And I became a barman, so I worked in the bar trade for nearly 10, 15 years in Germany, in Ireland, and I ran a pub on Shirkin rather badly on Shirkin Island Shirkin for five Island. years. Yeah, yeah, lovely spot, Put Shirkin on Island. A, a very large music festival, which got the ire of certain people in authority. <laughs> and then I... My father rang me and said, we're getting machines. And I said, good, about time. <laughs> so I went off to England to train on the machines. And that's how I started. That's how you started. For well. a temporary job that was only meant to last a few years while they got someone else to do it. And 20 years later, I realised I'm stuck. And then they decided to retire and made me redundant. So oh. I came to Scarif. That's how you then, you, 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 your mam. um had a knitwear designing company based in West Cork. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. In and Baltimore. Produced, produced uh, as you say, this kind of um, Irish trade. It became a kind of a, 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 a part of the opening up, I suppose, in the 60s of the Irish economy and the Irish state in a lot of ways. Yeah, so she bringing was, Irish design to the world. Yeah, she, I mean, she got paid to travel 
to the States and promote Iron Knitwear. And so she got to me. She then met my father and when she tried to steal his boat and he volunteered to help her row it and then admitted it was his and they got married a few months later and I came some time after that but um, no she she was very driven like she still is like she okay. set up her own business which yeah. in 1969 in an old Nissan hut that my right. grandfather brought over from England that he sourced Know okay. the old things I used yes, to yes, have. Yes, yes, the Second World War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah that type of corrugated, so, yeah. semicircular. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. the factory started in one of those right. in the back of the house. Okay. And okay. then we built, father built his own house. And my grandfather, Seamus, installed this huge, massive granite fireplace in it that took a digger, could only lift one block at a time. Got right. it from Wicklow, right. caught it in Wicklow, and then brought it down. So you just mentioned there your grandfather then, who you're, you're, you're on, 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 on your mother's side, and mm. um, was as we say Seamus Murphy, um, the sculptor. Just the, I suppose for some people, the, the well-known sculptor um, from Cork. Um, um, could you maybe outline a little bit about the 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 family that would be <laughs> Seamus Murphy? Uh, Seamus, he. Came to he was taught by Daniel Corkery. That's right. Along with um, Frank O'Connor, and he was one of the people that Daniel Corkery sort of noticed. And he got, he went to his father, who worked for he was a train engineer on the the Cork railway. Your grandfather's father, your great grandfather. Yeah, my other great. Your other great grandfather. Your other great grandfather. Get very confusing. Yes, it can be. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> so um, he started doing modelling classes in the Crawford School of Art at Night, but he was working for O'Connor's stonemasons. Learning his learning trade. Learning his trade, so the dust, as it was called. Mm. So that was from the age of 14. Right. And in his book, Stone Mad, there are incredible stories yeah. of the stonies and the dust, because he wanted people to remember who they were. Yeah. Because it was a dying trade in the 50s. This and was by the, the 1950s, 40s, the 1940s. Even the 40s, like concrete was coming into play, mm. Turner's... Cross Church in Cork was built of concrete. That's a famous. That's a famous Art Deco type yeah. church, mm -hmm. isn't it? A yeah. kind of a very significant building in its own right in Cork. But your grandfather could see then that this trade he had been apprenticed in and had yeah. started to Stone learn cutting. was starting to die out. Yeah, and so he, he decided he, to write this autobiography as a relatively young man, stone mad. Yeah, and but he also wanted people to know about the the itinerant stonies, the guys who used to go around. And, you know, people would have their doorsteps repointed so they wouldn't slip. Oh, yes, yes. So that would be, they'd go around with their box, bag of tools on the bus yeah. or hitch a lift or... Like, my grandfather famously always went by bus pretty much everywhere. Mm. Like, I remember he came to Shirkin, when I barely remember it, came to Shirkin to build a gravestone for Simeon O'Connor, who used to own a famous pub in Shirkin called the Jolly Roger, mm -hmm. which was then O'Connor's, but... My grandfather had this awful fear of gravestones falling down. Like he hated going into an old graveyard and seeing all these leaning, leaning stones. Yes. Mm -hmm. So he always used to insist on a six-foot um, foundation for a gravestone. Right. Unheard of, I'd say. And on Sharkin, <laughs> it's solid rock. They can't even <laughs> dig six feet. So it took a month to put up this gravestone. And my father had to row him in or bring him in on his fishing boat every morning and pick him up in the evening, which meant around midnight because he'd be in the pub. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And that's... And my father was a fisherman at the time, so 
and he built his own fishing boat. So he was a shipwright. There's a lot of crafts. So there's a lot of craft then. So between stone and shipbuilding, knitwear, um, the whole thing. But I'll just go bring you back. Maybe you mentioned there Daniel Corkery, and people are, are, are well familiar with Daniel Corkery as kind of a significant person um, in, in Irish history. Um, he recognised, like you say, he recognised something in your grandfather. He also recognised it in Frank O'Connor, the famous um, short story writer as well. He was a teacher, I suppose, yep. in, in, in the truest sense of the word. He was yeah. a teacher. So your grandfather then, at a very young age, um, I think was, was he referred to the Crawford Gallery for classes, art classes? Yeah, he was doing modelling classes at modeling. night. Yeah, as so a, as, as, clay as, model. So yeah. he learned how to um, do the figures, so, which then become the plaster you make you make mm-hmm. the clay and then you get a plaster cast of that and then it goes off to be cast into bronze. Cast into bronze then. But yeah. um, he then won a scholarship from the Crawford to go to Paris and he studied there with um, the famous American sculptor O'Connor. Yeah. And he became really good friends with his son and they shared a, a squat basically in Paris. Yeah. This would have been in the 20s, 30s? 30s. The thir- in the 1930s, yeah. I think, yeah. So, um, and then he came back to Ireland and he set up his own studio yeah. and started from scratch, basically. And his thing then, like you mentioned there about the gravestones, and you, you had a great phrase here before we started this, um, while your, your grandfather was an artist and... Um, he also, you know, art in Ireland at that time, we were in a very kind of a dour sort of a country. He couldn't depend on his, 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 his art, if you want to call it that, to kind of put bread on the table. But he had a very significant trade um, in gravestones, hadn't he, as well? Yeah, he used to refer to it as bread and butter. So, I mean, he travelled all over Cork and bits of Kerry and bits of Waterford. And, but he'd also do commemoration plaques would be on churches or houses or um, anything. He actually would do anything, even sometimes he did even milestones. I think there's one famous one he did, which took forever to find, but it's still there. Um, No, and when we were kids, my brother and I, when his first commemorative exhibition was in the 80s, and we had to find, we had to collate his work because he wasn't very good at keeping records mm-hmm. of where he did stuff or what he signed it with because he had various signatures. So my brother and I became experts at spotting his gravestones. We could walk into a graveyard and spot one from a good two, three hundred yards yeah. without any pressure because he was very unique in his style, his style and shape and his lettering was so crisp. Yes. And so clearly, you just couldn't mistake it for anyone else's. That was his work. That was yeah. his work. Even in his figurative work then, or his, was maybe his more artistic work, he has a very definite style as well. Or would you think, Oliver? Or- oh, he definitely, like, his clay work is more, is beautiful as well. The stuff that was cast into bronze. There, yeah. There's a real feeling to it. Okay. The stone work is, it's, it is art deco, some of it. It's a bit... Um, a bit, so turn, a bit Turner's Cross. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> so, like the Madonna, the Twilight is kind of brutalist yeah. in its form. I mean, she's absolutely massive. If you've ever seen her in Fitzgerald's Park, Fitzgerald Park, and his huge Saint Patrick in Maynooth in Green Mar- that thing is it, it, 
It reminds me of um, Christ Redeemer in Rio. In Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that colossal. Mm-hmm. And when we were, I think when it was being moved to the a gallery in Dublin for the retrospective, it was too heavy for the lift. They were going, we won't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> they just went, cross fingers. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not breaking, we're not breaking the lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, a, very, a, a distinctive style all the same, though, a distinctive yeah. style, a very distinctive style. Maybe we're probably, you talked there about his kind of bronze work and things. Where would that be located now, a lot of that? or Private where would we, collections. Where would, private collections, yeah. There'd be yeah. commissioned pieces. A lot of pieces he did on the basis that eventually someone would want it. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't always sure of a commission but he would still be doing something, if you know okay. what I mean. Right. So he would do yeah. it on spec, yeah. and then someone would see it. And there were a few families, like uh, he did a piece for the Jefferson Smurfett family for their... So people would commission heads of their... for themselves yes. and their family. Mm. And that's like, he started off with his family, so there's a beautiful one of his father... And it, it's absolutely stunning. This is the railway man. Railway man, and he looks it. I mean, okay. it, if you see, if you ever get a chance to see it, it is beautiful. Olin is pointing his finger here. This yeah, is classic book. radio. <laughs> this is classic radio. Olin brought in these two stunning absolutely. books. Absolutely. Um, Taking our breath In relation away. to mm. Seamus Murphy, his grandfather, yeah. and also, which we will get to, his great-grandfather, Joseph Higgins, yeah. his mother's father as well. And these are absolutely beautiful. But he books, did some the work. Uh, uh, bronze of the presidents, the Irish presidents, didn't he? He was commissioned. He was the only one who did all the bronzes yeah. up until his death. They're there in uh, Norris News, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, President Higgins has remarked once that he wished he was still there because he he, he, he he would have liked a Murphy boss yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 that and would have been that would have made him a, your, your grandpa he was born in the early um he was he, he was born in what 1905 1906 or that is or yeah he, Oh, I'm not oh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Michael D has been <laughs> Michael D. Oh, five. He was born in 1905 to so, 75. Yeah. You yeah. can see what yeah. Michael. D. You can see where he's coming from. Yeah. But he'd be stretching <laughs> it. He'd be stretching <laughs> it now at that one. All right. He'd yeah. be stretching it at that one. Yeah. Um, you talking there. You you mentioned um, and we talked about. Uh, I suppose a big part. Uh, not getting away from the, the the difficulty of being an artist, and he was an artist. Mm. We still stick with your grandfather. He was an artist. Um, albeit an artist with, 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 with a sense of reality in that he had to work as well but there's a, a beautiful set of like you say easily identifiable gravestones I think I love that that they're all around they're dotted mm-hmm. or that's part of the art that he would I would regard as part of the art that he produces but for any kind of a sculpture I suppose the church was always a, a, a big commissioner going right back into history into Renaissance times the church has always been a big commissioner of art or of, 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 of sculpture, sculpture mm-hmm. art whatever you want to call it um, your grandfather um, has one significant um, piece, and it's the church in Blackpool um, in Cork um, that he was involved in very, um, you, you mentioned, in, in, in a very, um, he was really involved in a huge amount of detail when it came to that church. It's a, Maybe people mightn't know it or mightn't have seen it. It is quite close as we going to Cork here from the Limerick side of things or from County Clare, it's actually very close. And I would say to listeners, if you do get a chance of going to Cork, as you come to that big junction, yes. Dino's Fish and yeah. Chip Shop, um, as yeah. you come to that there, look over to your right or try and get over to your right 
and going around there. It's very close to that, but it's a it's a really um it's a beautiful church. It's very simple. Yeah, it's it's just this South American. Yeah. You think this doesn't sound right, but it's <laughs> it's it's a South American style. It's like something picture 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 the westerns that Johnny Cash was singing yeah. about there, yeah. and it's this kind of a tiled building yeah. um, with a kind of a pla- specific plaster. Yeah. That's, this is just the outside of it. No. Yeah, stucco plaster. Stucco plaster, that's the word, yeah. stucco plaster, in the north side of Cork City. Yeah. Um, but it works, it works really well. But yeah. go into the church then. Yeah, it's very it's, special. It's extraordinary. Yeah, um, he, he picked everything. I mean, he, he designed it, what it was to look like, but then he picked the artist's to do all the work inside. Yes, it. you were saying Everything that. Everything from fascinating. the mm. altar to the chalices to the basilicas to the... Lights, you said. Lights, yeah. fittings, everything was yeah. designed. And commissioned, he got Harry Clark to do the windows. Yes. I Beautiful. mean, and they are stunning. Beautiful and he, windows. So he hand-picked all the craftspeople. And this was in 1945, 46, I think. Yes. The mid-40s. Um... Was it around that time? Yeah, it was commissioned after the war. Well, after the war? I think, yeah. Um, the son of, oh, what was his name? I've forgotten the name of the, he owned the mill. Yeah, that's, and I've forgotten that now, so I should have known that. It was in commemoration, or part of the church was in commemoration of his oh. daughter, who had died of TB, I think, earlier in the 40s. And also so he, his son, who was killed in the RAF. Was that, as well? okay, so he, yeah. Um, his name escapes me now as well, but he was a big industrialist, yes. one of these Cork merchant princes, as well, yeah. that we often hear about. Yeah. And he decided to build this church in Blackpool to commemorate himself out of purgatory. To get himself, <laughs> as you do. What was that? Simony, nepotism, and pluralism. <laughs> the three things we were interested in. Um, but like, so you go into this church, like I said, the stained glass windows are stunning. Mm. Um, the Stations of the Cross. Again, there was an yeah. artist, it's here in the book, and we want to time to do, but they are, again, really unusual, but really, really beautiful, really, really beautiful. It's of its time, but it's not what was in fashion at the time. Yeah. Which is where Seamus came into conflict with a lot of what was going on, in that there was this perception within church that Italy was better. So the churches were importing all these white marble Mm. almost mass-produced pieces. And nowadays they are because they literally, you can crumble up the marble, you add some resin and you've got, you can mould it. Mould it again. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's literally what they do. That's they don't even doing. carve it anymore. You don't know carving. Yeah. But um, he really objected to it, all this white marble. He said, well, we've got local stone. It should be local stone yeah. using. But, um, and he came into conflict with that. So... There isn't a lot of his stuff in churches, but there's a lot of outdoor stuff. So you've got St. Gobnus and Ballyvourney, right. which is a yeah. stunning piece with yeah. the bees going That's around. Right, the bees around, yeah. yeah. And there's now people do a little walk around it, and I often wonder which came first. If, Gubnus, if he hadn't put up Gobnus, would there ever be this little bee march that people do around yeah. it? And, uh, yeah, yeah. And then there's... there's Pieces in the least expected places, like you walked out, it used to be in McCurt or in Cork, you'd see um, the onion seller. It's a little bronze of a woman who used to be in the cold key selling onions. Yes. And she's tiny, and you're going to know it's that small. 
we're going, he must have shrunk her down. <laughs> Bronze was too, I don't know why, but she gets moved around the city. I, I'm always wondering where she's going to turn in up next. Because <laughs> whenever she gets in the way, she used to be in Winthrop Street and then they moved her. <laughs> <laughs> when she gets in the way. And there's another little piece, I think, in Cork. Um, a dog drinking bowl. Yeah, Madri. Madri. Yeah, it was outside a pub. Um, it was for the stray dogs. Stray dogs of right. Cork. Yeah. James Murphy was thinking about those that yeah. needed a drink and might yeah. have had easy access, <laughs> access. to water yeah. for a yeah. drink. Yeah. yeah, so that's on Patrick Street. Yeah. That, um, yeah, he did odd things like that. But he also, like, growing up or staying in the house and with my grandmother anyway, with Mairead, she was a big influence on me um, for a good while because we... I stayed with her for about a year and a half and she was a book reviewer. Mm. So there'd be a box of books on, and on the table would be a theosaurus, a dictionary, a typewriter, <laughs> an ashtray, a bottle under the chair. <laughs> so she was at work. <laughs> she was a fag. A, a well-known woman in her own right. Oh, yes. yeah. She was yes. a designer as well. Um, she designed the Paddy Bottling label and the Cork oh. Dry Gin. So if people just, just picture that in your head now, your bottle of paddy whiskey at home in your in your in, in, your, in your drinks cabinet mm-hmm. or your cork dry gin. Yeah. And just picture the design that's there on that label. And that was created. Yeah. By and your if you look at the paddy one, you'll if I don't know if you've ever noticed, but Munster is the only one that's the right colour. Is that right? Yes. I was just going to say there's a map what? of Ireland on it, but it can't. Yeah. Well, Ulster right. is blue. Okay. But he swiveled the other three around, so suddenly Ulster is green. Green. Ah. He's, she rotated them. Right. Okay, I must have a look at that. <laughs> I, didn't re- I haven't realised that. Yeah. I haven't realised yeah. that. So they definitely, there's a sense as well when, when, when you look around it, when you read around it, your grandmother and your grandfather... Um, they worked very well as, 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 as a team, if you want to call it that, or as a couple in relation to the arts. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, not just them. They, was kind of, they were kind of like, I suppose, the Paris equivalent of a salon. Yes. So you had uh, Michael McLearmore and Hilton Edwards were always in the house. This was in your, your house. This is in Blackpool as well. No, was up in Wesley, up in Wellington, off Wellington Road. Okay. Mm-hmm. And... Like um, Leon and Jill Uris were all frequent visitors. Paddy Kavanagh, frequent visitors. So this was like this this this, this salon type culture yeah. where people yeah. came and discussed the great topics of the day through the medium of art, perhaps. Yeah. Or, that or thing. they would be down in the back bar, or the I think it was the Palace Bar in the Everyman Theatre, <laughs> because you could lock the front door and the bar was in the middle of the building, so no one could see if anyone <laughs> was in there or not. That, yeah. yeah. So there was. We actually, there, there's, there's, a, there's a scarab in, 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 in reading about this. Edna O'Brien, our own author here, apparently was part of that salon culture at some stage down in Cork in your, in your grandmother and grandfather's house as well. That's right, I think yes. your uncle, I just saw a reference from Edna O'Brien. Whatever way the discussion was going, Edna O'Brien fainted in the house anyway. <laughs> so if Edna O'Brien fainted, it must have been serious discussion. <laughs> well, it must have been serious, serious or, discussion. Yeah, and Sean O'Reardon, who was my uncle's godfather, I mean, he was in the house. And, and I remember O'Reardon. him quite well because... I remember when I went to secondary school and my... He was in your Irish... He was in the and I was going, oh, Lord, no, Sean how do I get on? And, and the poem was about my bloody uncle, yeah. Colm, and the teacher went, you must know this. And I said, I knew him, but he never spoke Irish. He told us stories in English. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, so, so you, 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 
Sorry, sorry I was just sorry. going. Well, I don't. You don't want to leave Seamus Murphy, maybe perhaps. No, 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 no. no, 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 no I was just going to say. Now you had a great grandfather, but it must have been on your 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 maternal yes. side, and that was. And I only heard about him this morning. My God. Joseph Higgins. Yes. That's uh, my that's my sad lack of education. But the stuff in this book is just beautiful. The yeah. sculptures. I think they are just magnificent. He was an amazing artist. Yeah. And um, he was part of the Cork Arts and Crafts movement, along with his wife, Anne Turnbull, and other... He, he, I suppose he was multi-talented. He was a wood carver. He was a cabinet maker. He made all his own furniture. He made um, wooden toys. Like I remember our Christmas crib. He made all the pieces for that. Mm-hmm. He made tons of stuff. But he was also an artist. He was an art teacher, a boat builder, a painter. God. Um, but he unfortunately died very young. He died TB. But he was the one who did the Michael Collins. It was at Grand Parade in Cork. A pro treaty speech, yeah. and he was there with sketchbooks, uh, sketching him. And close by him was my grandfather Seamus, as a young boy a watching young. the same speech. Yeah. Little did the, the, either the, the, know that there'd be a connection. There would yeah. be a connection ultimately. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But um, so he went home and he carved out of limewood, Collins from the sketches from the sketches he had taken. Because some people, when they see it, they go, "It doesn't really look like him," or it does. And it, because his mm. hair is all over the place. Right. But he's in. The, the but he was in full, full flight. flight. Right. Yeah. And he had a big mop of hair. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and a lot of people remark it looks an awful lot like JFK, and it, sometimes it does a little bit. Well, that has occurred to me before, actually. With Michael Collins and the hair, possibly, yeah, and the yeah. hair, yeah. And yeah. the height, yeah. you yeah. know. And the, yeah. yeah. And so he carved that out of lime wood, and that was about a month. It was very close to when he died, because on the wooden one it says when he was when it was done in 1922. And then, unfortunately, he died. A lot of his work was destroyed. He had a studio on um, Wellington, or what's it, the Western Road, just before the Western Road, Washington Street. Mm -hmm. And and it was ransacked by the Black and Tans. Burning of Cork. Do you think that even came after? Was it it all over twice? Previously, okay, okay. So they smashed a lot of his stuff. But he he had sold, UCC had bought some stuff of his before that. So he was getting work. So all his stuff, so you're talking about kind of the early 1900s or the 1910s, the the second decade of the the last century, I presume, around then? Yeah, and a lot of it was done in wood because he couldn't afford even stone. Yeah. Yeah. But there are some marble pieces that exist, and they are stunning. A lot of his stuff was carved in wood, and then Seamus and my grandmother, Mairead, they cobbled together money and had them cast in bronze, so at least there would oh, be yes. a bronze a version yes, of, yeah. mm. yeah. of all the wooden ones. And and Michael Collins, he got woodworm. Oh, and <laughs> the lime-wooded Michael Collins got yeah. woodworm. Right? And it, but um, they got cured him of the woodworm and I am going to admit something on radio that my family <laughs> Oh don't if you don't have to <laughs> oh, Go for it Roland <laughs> Go for it <laughs> I think it was in the, about 2000 oh maybe oh it was a while ago call it a while ago but I should have known better 
I picked him up by the ears to have a look and he <gasps> came off. And he, he slipped. His ears came off. Oh. I had the ears and the head was on the floor. Oh, <laughs> God. Did it smash? No, no. No. But I, I, to this day, I don't think anyone has noticed the super glue that put his ears on. <laughs> Wonderful stuff, super glue. <laughs> Very fast acting, too. You should maybe just lift the bronze ones in future. <laughs> maybe might have a better chance. Better They're chance. very heavy. Now, Olin, <laughs> uh, what other people in your past are... Well, Mike, I, I did mention that I'm not the first Martin to come to Scarf. That's no, right, you, you did. said that here. Yes, yeah, that's right. Interesting. My okay. father's father came here 19, just before the war, 19, late 1930s. I'm not sure which year, but he was travelling around Ireland installing um, Blackstone single-piston diesel generators for creameries, and they would arrive in a crate, and he was given a car and a tent, and he would go camp beside wherever the engines were going to be, yeah. and then the shed was built around them. So they had to be bolted first. Bolted down first. And then they'd build the shed. Right. And he would make sure they worked. And he was in Scarf. He installed the one in Scarf Creamery. And I remember my sister, who lives in Labashida, weirdly. Labashida. Okay. And she said to my grandfather when he came from Sussex to visit, I bet you bet you never heard of where I live. And he said, where? I said, Labashida, been there, 1938. <laughs> <laughs> Installed an engine. He was everywhere. So he has covered the whole country as yeah. well then. And he ended up moving to Cork in 19, or to Dublin, 1947 or 46, and to work for Goulding's. The fertiliser. Yeah, company. and then eventually in Cork. Yeah. So they first lived in the Glen and then the Black Rock. Okay. Yeah. And my both my sets of grandparents knew each other. My grandmother from England, Joyce Carter Martin, she knew Seamus quite well okay. because she was a, an amateur watercolorist. Okay. So within that network of of, of, yeah. of artists, yeah, artists, she would go to the exhibitions, and so she always yeah. and to yeah. the theatre, and yeah. she always loved that mm. and music. And is that a very important part of Cork? Would you think all that that kind of the connection with the arts or the kind of, the, you know, we talk about this, the real republic <laughs> kind yeah. of Cork identifies mm -hmm. as a kind of almost like a separate entity. Does it come from that? Does it come from that? Does it come from that kind of, um, what do you call it, that, that kind of ability to debate using maybe the arts as a kind of, a, as, as a cornerstone? Which were the republic. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Where does that come from? The is, People's is, Republic of Cork. The Cork. People's Republic of Cork. Mm -hmm. um, it's a single-mindedness, I'd say. And I don't know, like I, having a foot in both camps. So I always found it very strange. I go into one house in Black Rock, and there'd be a picture of the Queen on the wall, and I go to my <laughs> other house up in up off Wellington Road, and there'd be Blessed Oliver Plunkett and Patrick Pierce. And yes. <laughs> And the two of them got on really well. <laughs> <laughs> that's reminds. That's what they say. Is that the dialectic? They say that the ability, their genius, is basically the ability to hold two contrasting opinions and work away fine with them. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's apparently, maybe there's something yeah. in that. Maybe mm. we were trying to dive into it or find it. Um, there was a lot of political, not, not not politics with a capital P, but there was a lot of going back to your great grandfather's time. Mm. There was that connection with the War of Independence as yeah. well. He had a connection with some of the big. Cork players, well, his, hadn't he? Uh, his oh, he, he, Joseph Higgins was a good friend, at, and his brother, I think Pat Higgins, they were, his brother was um, second in command of the Cork Brigade, mm -hmm. and my grand or my great grandfather was really good friends with the McCartan, with Tomas McCartan and Terence McSweeney. Yeah. 
So he would have, he tried to convince, I think, Terence McSweeney to stop his hunger strike. Stop the hunger strike, yeah. And, but around all that time, so the, the 1916 Rising, and on the same day as the Rising failed, my great-grandfather, his wife, Anne Turnbull, they got a telegram saying her brother had been killed in the Great War. In the Great War. In the Mediterranean. Yeah. He's, and he's, luckily, he died in hospital. He was, on, he was in the Royal Navy. Right. And he's buried in Malta. And we didn't even know about this okay. until very recently. Well, I didn't know about it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so there was that weird connection where you had one side of the family yeah. fighting up in 19... In the GPO the and the yeah. other one <laughs> dying. In, in World yeah, this is it. This is yeah. the thing. It's like you kind of you feet on both sides of the lee like yeah. you're going ooh i think that goes back to the thing yeah yeah i think it, i think it's a sign of people there if, when you can have this ability to have contrasting um, well the city that produces two stouts there you are isn't that just it <laughs> and manages to manages to push aside the most significant one in yeah, the country there you are it's all you, yeah. can, you can bring it into stout Murphy's Beamish yeah. and get Guinness off the, off the shelves that's just it that's but just I mean it. music and theatre in Cork has always been strong I mean I, even I remember like I remember uh, this is going to sound weird Danny LaRue when I was going to see a show of yes. in the opera yeah. house and then you would have the classical music mm. of Orieda and yes. then you would have right up to the to the late Mihola Sulawan, who taught in Cork, but my uncle Colum played the baron on his musician, isn't he? Yeah, he played baron on his with right. his music. Yeah, and like I always grew up like Colum babysitting with being babysat by an uncle who's only 10 years older than you <laughs> meant a lot of gigs in the Phoenix Bar in Cork oh and then, <laughs> which sadly isn't with us anymore but I mean he still plays regularly and produces music yeah. and then his sister Orla is a novelist and book restorer and right. and that's Colm Murphy Murphy, Murphy. Yeah. yeah so I mean I art is everywhere around you. absolutely yeah. and then my father is a Shipwright, a master shipwright. Yeah. So, and we just got maybe come full circle. We go back yourself, you and your knitwear design. You know, you're here now in, with McKernan's for the last what, four years now. At this stage, is that you, too was, long? Was it, was it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you find East Clare? How do you find the the designing of knitwear now at this stage? Um, I I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Mm. Um, what influences you if you want to create something? I get told. You, you get told. Right. I obey words on top. Those on high. Do it on told. Okay, okay, okay. I think I'm you're wearing one of your own designs today. No, this is my mother's. <laughs> right. yeah. well, it's lovely. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's actually, I'm just, you mentioned it back at the very start, and I suppose we're probably to finish now at this stage. I think we're coming to the end of our time. We have a little bit of music to play as well. You mentioned at the start, it just, it, and it, it created an image in my mind uh, because it reflects an image. You talked about your mother. Um, being a, a member or a, a very involved in the Cork Film Festival. Yeah, that was kind of a Cork thing to do. Yeah. She was already had a job at one government agency and she was going to L.A. and they just went, we'll make her PRO and that. So oh, she's there. She she'll, be, she'll, <laughs> she'll do that. She'll be she'll double do jobbing she'll do and we won't tell them what <laughs> she's really doing. <laughs> There's a beautiful picture. People might be able to access it online. It's a very simple picture. It's just it's, it's a press photo photograph. And it's of, uh, sometime in the 70s, had to have been the, the, the early part of the 70s, of your grandfather, your mother and Peter Barry, 
one of the famous Cork politicians. Yeah. Oh, yes. I don't know if you've seen this photograph. No. It's it's there. It's, if you if you Google Seamus Murphy or whatever, it'll come up pretty high up on your feed. But it's a beautiful photograph of the two of them, father, daughter, and Peter Barry, um, government minister probably at that time. Um, obviously in deep discussion. Obviously, intri- yeah. engaged with he, each other. He was a regular visitor to the house. Was he a regular? Visitor? Well, but you can see yeah. that they that they're enjoy that they're they're obviously you know they're they're, they're everybody's concentrating on each other. Yeah. They're having a really good discussion. It's a lovely photograph, um, but it's at the Cork yeah. Film Festival, I think, as well. well the, the house was famous because she never locked the door; it was always <laughs> open. Yeah, the grandmother, like you, just walked in. Yeah, and she was always in the front room with her typewriter, doing her reviews. Yeah. Doing her reviews. Yes. Yeah. My God, what a fascinating family! Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Tell, look, I, I, we're probably all over the place. On this. Really, <laughs> it was just, there really. was just like so many um, strands and elements Aspects. to Olin's yeah. story. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, we maybe give a flavour, and people can maybe you can you you can access some of this stuff online. Probably one of the nicest things I found online in relation to your grandfather was a project done by Cork Transition Year students in that they went around visiting as many of his kind of sculpture pieces as they possibly could. Mm-hmm. And they did a lovely little piece. It's there with photographs and, and kind of 17-year-old interpretation yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent piece of work. Never mind all your, your fancy salon stuff. And it was really, yeah. really good. So there's lots of stuff there. So I would say to listeners, have a look at Seamus Murphy um, and have well, a look at, at, at Joseph Higgins and yeah. have a look at have a look at Bevan. 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 I've a niece... Um, called Bevan, we call her Bevan, but not Bevan. Yeah, so you know, have a look at that. It's out there. I'm, we've only just scratched the surface of it here today. Hit it in in spots. What well, I've been well educated here today. Um, I mean, Paul has done a lot of research in this, and I have to give him full credit for that. But it was wonderful to meet you today, Olin, and thank you so much for coming in. And uh, I certainly will be doing some <laughs> research. And uh, I think some of this work and these books are just magnificent. Really do and. So the people we don't have books for, your grandmother and your great-grandmother, I'm sure they're, they have mag- magnificent work yes, as well. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Yes, it's wonderful.